Hey, y'all. Real quick before I hit play on this episode of Familypreneur for you, I want to be sure that you know that I have a brand new podcast available for you to check out. It's called Just Marketing, and you can find it on this podcast platform. Go ahead and search for Just Marketing and hit subscribe so you don't miss anything. Then come back here and listen to this episode of Familypreneur. It'll still be here waiting for you. Welcome to Familypreneur, the podcast for parent entrepreneurs raising kidpreneurs. It's time for your weekly dose of inspiration and actionable tips to build your business and find better balance, all while strengthening your family. And now we'd like to introduce your host. She's my mom and the bomb.com, Meg Brunson. Hey guys, welcome to episode number 20 of the Familypreneur podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by my Facebook mentoring program. It is a big opportunity for entrepreneurs looking to make big things happen with Facebook. This is a 90-day program that will be customized precisely to fit your business needs. At the end of that three-month period, you're going to be equipped to run Facebook ad campaigns that will increase your traffic, your leads, and most importantly, generate more revenue for your business. Cha-ching! Due to the level of support I'm providing, this offer is limited and expected to sell out quickly, so act fast. Visit megbrunson.com slash mentor to see if you'd be a good fit. Now, I'd like to introduce you to today's guest. She's a New York Times bestselling author and the founder of Tilt Parenting, a website, top podcast, and social media company for parents who are raising differently wired children. Her next book, Differently Wired, Raising an Exceptional Child in a Conventional World, comes out in the spring of 2018. She currently lives with her son and husband in the Netherlands, and I'm thrilled to be welcoming Debbie Reber to the podcast today. Hi, Debbie. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So I'd love to explore, if you could just tell me a little bit in your own words about what you do and what inspired you to get there. Sure. So I have, I wear many hats. I bet a lot of your guests wear many hats, but um, my primary hat, in addition to being a mom at the moment, is to uh, run a website and podcast called Tilt Parenting. And it is a I launched it in 2016 as a website for parents who are raising what I call differently wired kids. So kids who are in some way neurologically atypical. And I launched that with a podcast, which I do weekly. And uh, it's become kind of a thriving online community as well, because parents like me are everywhere. And in addition to that, I'm also a writer. I've been writing books for many, many years. And I used to write books for teen girls kind of self-esteem, confidence building, self-help, if you will, books for teen girls. Since I shifted my professional focus to being centered around supporting parents like me, my next book that's coming out is in the adult parenting space, also to support parents with differently wired kids. So how have your personal experiences influenced that? Do you have a differently wired child? I do. Yeah, so I spent many years... As I said, writing for teen girls, I was a, I volunteered with teen girls and I think I was a recovering teen myself well <laughs> into my mid thirties. And I really felt a strong pull to support girls, uh, you know, at a critical time in their lives. 
And then when I got pregnant and I discovered I was having a boy, I was very confused about that. And what, what's that going to look like, you know, in terms of my professional life? And yes, he, as it turns out, is differently wired. And he's a complicated, fascinating person who has ADHD. He has Asperger's. He's also profoundly gifted. And in being his parent, he's now 13. It's been quite a journey in trying to figure out how to best support him so that he can be a happy kid and he can reach his potential. And I kept feeling myself pulled from, you know, my work in this teen girl advocacy space and all the work I was doing and the expert I was becoming to support Asher. And, you know, my best friend who we worked together when we worked in kids TV back in the nineties. So she's seen my whole trajectory here. She always said to me, Debbie, your being Asher's parent is really more of your career than you know. Like that's where it's all going. And she was right. And when it finally merged, it was when we moved to the Netherlands four and a half years ago. And I just uh, fully dove into to this world. And it's been the most satisfying work I've ever done in my life. I love it. So have you, did you totally abandon the girl advocacy stuff? You just totally pivoted and changed your focus based on what was changing in your life? Yeah. When we moved here, I had just signed a contract to write a book for teen girls. It's called Doable, The Girl's Guide to Accomplishing Just About Anything. And that was coming out in, uh, I think, January of 2015. But I knew when I signed that contract, I said, I think this is my last book. I think I'm kind of going to wrap it up. I've said everything I need to say to this audience. So I did. I made a real conscious choice to pivot. And it was honestly a scary choice because I spent years building up this, this brand and this presence as a teen expert and advocate. And I was speaking at conferences and talking at, you know, Girl Scouts luncheons. And like, that was my world. And it was kind of scary to just say, okay, I'm totally changing and I'm starting from scratch again. But I knew it was the direction I needed to go in. And it's really, it seems like it would be a lot like quitting a job, like quitting your nine to five, like not really any different because you're taking this, this career that you built and just totally changing. What did, did you struggle with confidence? Like what are some tips for helping with that transition or what helped you? Yeah, that's a great question. So I will say that when I, I used to work in kids television, that was my career when I worked in the corporate world, I quit that in 2003. And that was the first time I really pivoted in a big way. And I really struggled with that because my whole identity was wrapped up in that world. And I, you know, I had a great network. I had, I knew all the players at all the kids networks. Like I was just in this whole other world. And then I moved to Seattle and started writing. And um, that was really hard for me to let go of that identity and, and that expertise I had built up. And I, it was that fear of missing out a little bit. You know, I wanted to keep one foot in the water, but, um, so I'd been through that before. So going through this transition, I experienced something similar, but it wasn't as, as intense. I also, I think, cause I had been through it before. I knew that, yes, this is a little bit of a shedding of this older identity. Um, but I also knew in my gut and my heart that it was the right thing to be doing. And I also, 
I think now, you know, that I've been doing this work for so long and just had many different phases of my career, I can see how it all works together to support the work I'm doing now. So I feel like there's pieces of all those other careers that are still propping me up. And given the age of your son, all of these transitions happened with yeah. while you were also caring for your son. How did yes. that impact the transitional process for you? Well, you know, when you have a child, you're just like thrown into this world of chaos and confusion and, and kind of just not knowing how to do really anything. So, you know, the first transition leaving kids TV, I had, I did that about a year and a half before Asher was born. And, you know, we had been living in LA and then we moved to Seattle. So there there were a lot of changes that did happen. Yeah. So I was getting used to being a mom to having a child who happened to be very colicky. I was on a book deadline. I was missing you know, what I was doing in, in LA. And, you know, so that was a pretty complicated time for me to just kind of, I guess, become comfortable with my new reality. Um, Moving here. So Asher had just turned nine when we moved here. And, and we also made the decision to homeschool. So I went from having him in school full time to moving to a country I'd never visited before homeschooling him and then also deciding to start a complete new venture. So that was <laughs> that was a lot to lump in. It, the first year was really difficult and I really needed to get a lot of support for me personally um, just to kind of grapple with everything that I was feeling. You know, just even transitioning to homeschooling alone was really, really difficult. And then um, trying to start a business from scratch, you know, which is fun and exciting, but it's also a lot of work. So I struggled with that balance because homeschooling was obviously uh, a huge time commitment that I have wasn't used to. I'm an introvert and I used to have the house to myself with my dog all day. And suddenly I was sharing a house with, you know, with this person who was totally dependent on me for everything. So it was pretty difficult. So where did you turn to for support? Well, I got support in a couple of different ways. One is I worked with a parenting coach who specializes in supporting parents who have atypical kids because at the time, you know, that was a really difficult transition for my son. We had to kind of go through a detox period from experiences he had in school that were really pretty negative. He had been in a couple of schools and he, he just wasn't feeling great about himself and uh, he wasn't feeling supported. So I needed support. So I worked with a parenting coach and that she, her name is Margaret Webb. And she really, I don't know if I would have gotten through those first six months without her. And then when I started to develop Tilt, I, um, first I worked with, um, I worked with Jonathan Fields who has something called Revolution U. He's the host of a a podcast called The Good Life Project. And he had been kind of a, I guess, a guru of mine for many years. And, and I'm a learner. I'm someone who really thrives when someone tells me, kind of helps me see a framework. And then I'm like a really hard worker and I can fit things in and make it happen. So I had kind of the support to know how to shape this venture. And then when I was ready to really get tilt off the ground, I worked with a business coach for six months who Help Pamela Slim is her name, and she helped me 
um, just kind of stay on track and keep things moving forward because, you know, that accountability can be really helpful for me. Again, if someone helps me get organized, I can produce. So I've got four kiddos and um, we have a mixture. We've got some typical and some atypical uh, kiddos and my <laughs> my atypical kiddos. And I always feel, I, I hope that I'm not using you know, the wrong words to describe anybody. I always get worried about that because I know everybody labels differently, um, but they can require a lot more work and a lot more energy. So I'm curious how you were able, like what, what tips from that support network, you know, what things were you able to figure out that really helped you divide your energy between work and then your child who requires a little more attention than a typical child may? I would say the biggest thing for me is self-care. And, you know, every time I say the word self-care, I feel like people's eyes glaze over like, yeah, yeah, I read O Magazine. I get it. But I have to say that I would not have made it through those difficult years were I not really diligent and um, just unapologetic about taking time for myself and in whatever form that looks like. So when Asher was younger, I couldn't leave him alone. So we were like together everywhere. And, you know, I had to go to the store. He came with me to the store and, you know, but as soon as my husband came home, I'd put on my headphones and I'd be like, I'll see you later. Or, you know, I just, I relied on him a lot. And I know not everyone has a partner to rely on. So I'm very lucky that he was able to step in and give me that time. So, you know, even just getting out to a cafe for an hour to have a coffee or something made me feel like myself again. So I do a lot of recharging. I still do. Now that he's older, it's a little easier because I, I can head out by myself for a few hours and, and do what I need to do. So that was, that was a big piece. But yeah, so I, I think just the self-care and really... Um, doing what I needed to do for myself emotionally, physically, all of those pieces were, were critical. It's kind of like the whole airplane thing, right? Like you have to put your, the mask on yourself before you put it on your, your kids. It totally is. And again, I feel like, I feel like self-care and, and the women that I talk to or the, the parents in my community I talk to, a lot of people think they don't have time for it or it's just not a priority. And I you know, I don't want to sound like some self-help guru, but I have to say there, it's not an optional thing. If you have a unique kid, it is not something that everyone will suffer if you don't do it. And it's, you know, in terms of building, building a business, it is, it's critical. And, you know, I also had the, the opportunity to go away for weekends here, here and there. And that has really helped me. You know, I've, I found a great friend here who is also an entrepreneur and, the two of us co-work. So every now and then, every couple months, we'll just go away to this little cabin in the middle of the Dutch countryside and we'll just kind of bring our laptops and hole up and work the whole time. But those things have helped me. You know, I love that. I, you know, I love my family and I love having that time to just totally dive into what I'm doing. No, that's great. And I love that idea of just going away, like a retreat, you know, and, yeah. and getting work done. Um, <laughs> I do that with conferences sometimes, you know, yeah. we'll head to a, a conference where it's professional development or personal development. And I always go with my one friend, like my one local yeah. entrepreneur friend. So yeah. I love that tip. I think that's a good one. And do what you need to do there, whether it's self-care or... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also just maximizing the time that you have. Like I got really good at... 
um, taking advantage of any moments, right? So if I was running, then I'd be listening to a podcast that would help me with something or, you know, always having a book on my Kindle for work that I'm reading so that if I have a few minutes here and there, um, you know, my son went to sleepaway camp in the States for a week last summer and I was on deadline and I wanted to be nearby because it was in Alabama and I, I didn't want to drop him off and then fly back. So I just, uh, got a room at a hotel nearby. And so I had like a week to myself in, uh, in Alabama, which is not something I would normally have done. Like I had no reason to be there, but it was like a perfect work retreat for me. And then does your son, does he help you at all in your business? Yes. He was really involved when I first launched Tilt because I, it was really, you know, you were talking about labels and the proper way to dis- to discuss terminology surrounding neurodiversity. And I really wanted his buy-in. You know, this is really important to me that he was comfortable with everything I was doing, that he felt a part of it. And I, and I wanted his sign off. So he helped me with the naming of Tilt, making sure that it felt positive. He's helped me with the language. He helps me with technical things. He's really great with the computer. So, you know, when I need a little IT support with the website, he helps me. And he also records KidCast with me. Um, I actually just released a new one today. So we've done more than 18 of our episodes are conversations between the two of us about a specific topic. And a lot of my listeners co-listen with their kids. And that's been really, I think, a positive experience for him because he, he knows that he's giving kids like him hope and, you know, making them feel better about themselves because they hear someone that sounds like them and they realize, oh, you know, this is kind of a cool thing that I am the way I am. I love that. I absolutely love that. (laughs) What do you think? Does he know what he wants to do when he grows up? Do you see? You said he's good in IT. So I'm wondering, does he have a a goal in mind yet? He wants to go to Mars. So he has wanted to do that for many years. And uh, yes, that's the plan right now. He's very, he's read, you know, all, he knows all about the plans for going to Mars. Like there are some different plans. There's the NASA plan. There's the SpaceX plan. He knows all about them and has very strong opinions about which one he thinks is, you know, going to be successful. And um, so right now that's what he, he wants to do. He, he wants to be, I, I guess it's um, ultimately an engineer. That would be the role that he would want to play. That's really cool. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> Not an answer that I expected to hear, but really cool to hear about. <laughs> yeah. Now, does yeah. he, do you mind? I'm just curious. Does he want to like visit or is, does he plan to like, colonized? Are people going to live there? He actually, it's so interesting you asked that question because we were just discussing it the other day. He really sees Mars as like the next wild frontier and he wants to explore. He doesn't like love the idea of colonizing because, you know, that's just in some ways bringing problems we have here on earth to another place. And, but he really, he's intrigued by the idea of being the first to see things and to explore and to discover. So he used to have a, an, uh, be really interested in deep sea exploration and wanted to, you know, explore the Marianas trench and, and that kind of thing. But then James Cameron, the director ruined that because he went and explored it. So now he had to move to interstellar travel to satisfy that same desire. <laughs> so definitely entrepreneurial tendencies. Yeah. You know, he, sure. 
He wants to be the first. So if somebody else does it, he's going to shift his focus, it sounds. Yes. So if they make it to Mars before his time, he's going to look somewhere else. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. It is interesting when, you know, there'll be news and SpaceX will announce that, you know, they're ahead of schedule and he's very concerned about, you know, what age, you know, how old will he be at that point? And yeah, we'll see. I mean, he's 13, so we'll see how things change, but that is the dream right now. That's awesome. And I love that by seeing you building your own empire, you know, he's able to learn those skills and absorb some of those traits from you. Yes. Well, I will say our family, there's three of us. He's our only child. My husband works full time, but he also has a side hustle and he, he's a coder and he does mods for really popular video games, which my son helps him with. So they have their own little kind of business brand and brand together. And he's now also developing his own font. He's been making his own font for like three months now, which he wants to sell ultimately. So we are very much a family where on any given like Sunday afternoon, we're all working on our individual projects, which is different, I think, from your typical family, which might be running around and doing soccer games and this and that. And, you know, not that we don't exercise, we all exercise, (laughs) but we very much, we always all have projects we're working on. And it's just the way our family rolls. And he definitely has that. That's awesome. That's so great. Now tell me more about Tilt. So I know you've got the podcast and you've got the website. What are some of the resources that you guys offer through those channels? Yeah, I mean, my biggest goal in creating Tilt was to help parents like me feel like they're not alone because it's so difficult to access good information. You know, when you realize you're raising a neurodiverse kid there's no instruction manual, there's no guidebook. And a lot of people are kind of suffering in secrecy. They're not talking about their experience because they're concerned about stigma. And it's really messy. And so I, through Tilt, you know, the podcast is my primary content uh, piece right now. And I bring on incredible guests, you know, parents, everyday parents, but also you know, I had Dan Siegel on recently, who has written a ton of, uh, you know, neuro, uh, neuroscience books about parenting and kids, um, you know, some really great experts, but how that can, all their information can be applied to parents with differently wired kids. So I want them to feel that they're not alone and that they're part of something big because we are, as I said earlier, we're everywhere, you know, one in five kids at least is neurodiverse. So, you know, we can't be ignored and our kids can't be ignored. So more than anything, it's really a a place for parents to get really good information. I have a Facebook community where I also try to keep up with what's happening in the news and uh, just be an online hub. And then also through Tilt, I have uh, like a differently wired seven day challenge where I provide parents with um, every day. If they sign up, they get an email every day with one simple actionable shift. I'm really trying to help parents see that they can make little tweaks in the way that they think or act and that it will completely change their experience. So uh, that's kind of, and that's what my book is about as well, which comes out in June. I really want parents to feel a choice about their situation to not feel that they are stuck, but that actually we can make a lot of good decisions for our kids and we can become fluent in their language, and we can help them really step into their power in a way that benefits the whole family. 
That's awesome. And I'm really excited that you've got that book coming out. It, I definitely, I know it can be a, a roller coaster when you realize that your, your child isn't typical or is neurodiverse mm-hmm. or just going through and shifting the mindsets and yeah. it's a hard process to, to go through without support like that. So it's nice to know that you're putting a book together that's going to help with that process. And I love the seven day challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really is a, it is, it's kind of like a, you have to let go of this whole picture you had of what you thought your parenthood would be like and your family experience and all of those things. And that's hard when society is continually reinforcing the message that things need to look a certain way. And for so many of us, education is where it all starts to crumble, you know, when kids start elementary school and uh, it's tough. It is. It's a really tough spot to be in, but hopefully, you know, we're shifting things. And and again, you know, I, I feel like changes have to be made because there's too many of these kids and they're so incredible. You know, the gifts they, they come into the world with, their creativity and the way they look at things and problem solve, it's fascinating and it's what the world needs. So where can people find you? Like where, what websites, where on social media are you? So uh, my website for Tilt is tiltparenting.com. And then, so it's kind of all across the board. It's at Instagram is Tilt Parenting, at Tilt Parenting on Twitter. And my Facebook community is facebook.com slash Tilt Parenting. Then I also have a separate website that is debbiereber.com. And that's my author website. So all of my, you know, there's information about my new book, but all my teen books as well are on there. And then same thing with the social media at Debbie Reber Twitter. I have a Facebook under that name as well. But so either of those are a a great way to connect with me. Well, even though you've shifted your focus, I'm still glad that you've got those girl resources. I've got four (laughs) girls. Oh, you do? Wow. Yeah. How old are they? Two, four, six, and 10. Okay. So, and we're approaching that age. Yes, absolutely. 10 has been a challenge. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The tween years are upon you. And they are challenging. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> so they're great resources. And I just, I loved hearing the story about how you had to, to shift and pivot. And it's really interesting to me how the connection that like I just made about going from, you know, full-time employment to entrepreneurship and then switching your entrepreneurial goal and how that really parallels parenting too, you know, like you're, you're brought up thinking, you know, you have one boy and one girl and they're good at sports and school and things are perfect. And that's not the case for anybody. Yeah. (laughs) Like you may get elements of that. You may get, you know, but the same thing, you have to shift your focus. You have to be able to pivot. It's a similar transition process. I totally agree. And I think you know, my favorite word at the moment is curious, because I, I think if we can go through our life just being curious about, you know, what's this going to look like? I'm really curious what's going to happen when I go in this direction. I'm really curious to see what he turns out to be like as an adult, you know, as opposed to all this attachment that so many of us have to this, we have to do this. And if we don't get into this school, then this isn't going to happen. You know, we can really, and I think all parents do this, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the gifts of having a neurodiverse kid is we were kind of forced off the road 
But then all of a sudden, we get to see all this stuff that other people don't ever have the opportunity to because they're just moving straight ahead. They're going through the, you know, the uh, the assembly line of of school and career and life, and they're not considering that this could look another way. No, that's wonderful. And I, I want to thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us about all of this stuff. Um, it's definitely a topic that means a lot to me, having kids who are neurodiverse um, and seeing the difference between all four of them yeah. <laughs> and balancing yeah. a business and all of that, all of that stuff. So this has been a really invaluable conversation and I appreciate you bringing your tips and tricks and resources to us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I love talking about this stuff, as you can probably tell. So I enjoyed this very much. Thank you. You'll find today's show notes and all of the links we mentioned in this episode at megbrunson.com slash 20. Last week, Lisa Zorotny joined me to discuss productivity and organization. Through a combination of renewed self-care, personal development, and her own customized organizing and productivity approaches, Lisa took back her own health and sanity and not only changed where her family lived, but how they lived. The process was so healing for her that she knew she needed to help others do the same. In addition to years of organizing and coaching experience, Lisa is a certified life coach and member of the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Lisa provided extremely valuable inspiration and tips towards decluttering our lives physically and mentally, in order to create space for healing and hope. You'll find episode number 19 on our website, as well as your favorite podcast platforms. Next week, I'm going to welcome Jenny Hale to the podcast. She is a former New York runway model, as well as an actress. However, her true passion is serving the nation's military families. Unable to serve for medical reasons, she made it her goal to help military families and veterans follow their dreams. Using her entrepreneurial success and strong military marketing background, she now consults, mentors, and teaches veteran and military spouses how to use social media and modern marketing practices to increase the success of their entrepreneurial ventures. A patriot to the core, she believes in empowering entrepreneurs with military backgrounds and those in the military sector to live the American dream. This is an episode that military and civilian parent entrepreneurs won't want to miss. Subscribe to the podcast now and be sure that you tune in next week. Thanks, guys. See you next week. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review and a rating on iTunes. It only takes a moment, and let's be honest, it helps other parent entrepreneurs know how amazing this podcast really is.